I've said I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. I'm joined by Leonor Cavada. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So we are coming to you still live from uh, Myrtle Beach, uh, where today is my father's birthday. And so I want to wish him a happy birthday. He uh, he turns 84 today, and he looks great. He's one of those 84-year-olds you're like, I can't believe he's 84, and it makes me happy to see him looking so well. And uh, so it's great being down here. I think we're going to go to, after the show, we're all going to go to Cracker Barrel. How does that sound? Yeah, Cracker Barrel breakfast. Happy birthday, Ray. (laughs) You know, I I woke up uh, yesterday. um, After the show, I was, you know, contemplating about it being President's Day, and I felt like, that we don't have a president right now, and um, it's it's very weird. It's a very weird place to be in as an American. And one of the things that struck me, and you know how you have some of these uh, odd thoughts that float through your head, um, and, and and then I woke up this morning uh, in preparation for the show, and I I see this uh, tweet from. Some some obscure person, I don't know, Jesse Vasquez. And he says, why does it feel like we don't have a president? Or is it just me that feels that way? And I'm like, no, that's my sentiment exactly. That was exactly the th- feeling I had yesterday on President's Day. I feel I had like he's say, an interim president, you know, that he's not really the guy. Something's not right. You know, I, and this is the way I felt um, before the uh, election. I'm like, no way can Biden win. No yeah. way can he. And, of course, we know he didn't win. And so to, and for anybody to say that, you know, he won is to say that a cheater won. Because there's no doubt in my mind, there's just not one thing that someone could tell me that says that the fix wasn't in, the fraud wasn't in. My my uh, concern is that, how, you know, is how we fix this problem going forward. Because... 
elections have to matter in our country. I mean, right now we have a republic. We have a republic of the United States. It's, a, it's supposed to be a democracy, a democratic system, but it's a republic. And wh- right now, that republic depends on the power of the people. And it not only depends on the power of the people, but the people's right to get rid of the tyrants like Nancy Pelosi and like a lot of these Democrats in, in, uh, in power and in charge we have to have the ability for checks and balances. There's got to be due process. There's got to be equal justice. There has to be accountability. And we have to be able to do that. And that's what we're trying to figure out is how we get there. Because with a fake voting, uh, computerized voting machine with algorithms. And, you know, last I checked... There was supposed to be like when you would have these voting laws and voting rules and voting restrictions since the 40s. I mean, since for, well, as long as I could remember, right? And going all the way back, it was one man, one vote. You go through to Kennedy and there's a lot of shenanigans, but you know, it was one man, one vote. They didn't have any computer systems. And all of a sudden, like overnight, well, the Democrats through the uh, 90s and into the millennium would talk about um, every time that uh, Republicans would want to have a voter ID, they would take it all the way to the state Supreme Court and they would take it all the way up to court and the liberal judges and, and, the, and the top of the court of their state. Like in Pennsylvania, I recall this about 10, 15 years ago. There was a a case that went up to the Supreme Court. And I'll be doggone, you know, uh, the, the uh, Supreme Court said, yeah, that will suppress the vote. You talk to every black man and woman on the street, and they're like, what? No. <laughs> I know exactly how to vote. I know exactly where the I get my voter registration. I know exactly how to do things that white people know how to do. And I have they, ID. Yeah, and I have ID. <laughs> Uh, don't insult me uh, with that kind of uh, um, rhetoric. Because don't patronize me. Don't patronize me. Don't insult me. Don't act like I'm dumb. Uh, I'm not any of those things. I'm just as smart as you are. I know how to get in my car. I know how to go down the street, and I know how to get registered. And frankly, most of the uh, black people that were interviewed in that one interview, I played it on the show, um, up in the Bronx. So they interviewed uh, this, this guy, uh, Amy Horowitz interviewed these really smart, you know, liberal uh, Birkenstock wearing, granola eating, um, Berkeley, Cal, Cal Berkeley uh, students. Super smart. And then to, to every man and woman, uh, they would uh, try to tell us that somehow voter ID would repress or suppress, suppress the vote. Well, anytime you put a barrier to entry up on anything, it's going to suppress the vote. So, yeah, you could win that argument. But is it repressive? No. And not only that, but every time there's a no-legal vote, it neutralizes or disenfranchises a legal vote. At Common math. Deduct one, add one, you know, boom. So, in any case, what we have is we have a situation where we need equal justice. We can't just look at impoverished or elderly or the sick as as the only victims in our country 
everybody is equal under the law. And once you get to that point, you are required then to show an ID for just about everything in our society, and that would include voting. And yeah. Well, when you can't even get into certain buildings without an ID, you, I mean, there are a lot of you, like you live in downtown areas. You can't go into a building where there's a law firm. You can't go in and see the archives. You, there's so many things that you require an ID to do. So, But the one thing, probably one of the most important rights that we have, we're not requiring an ID for that under the ludicrous argument that we're disenfranchising people. That it, It's not true because the, there are a lot of organizations that assist with providing ID. I know I did it myself in a past career where we would have birth certificate clinics. So it's just an excuse to try to trick the system because uh, you know, because when you don't have ID, you you can have you you have people so, doing as they used to say, voting early and often. Yeah. So for for yeah, right. I remember that phrase. Um, but you know, they they would um, going into the from the nineties to the millennium, I would sit back and I would listen and I would watch the Supreme Court justices just tear our country apart. I don't know what is going on in our uh, higher just uh, federal judge systems whether it's the state Supreme Court or district court or uh, the appeals courts, uh, there are far too many liberals that are uh, legislating from the bench. And so we gotta, we got to look at the, uh, that as the beginning of the fight. And uh, that fight has to be won, waged and won. And so my point is, is that it started a long time ago. It started with this whole concept, this whole lie, this narrative, this this absolute fabrication of the truth that somehow black people were going to be suppressed or repressed and couldn't uh, on couldn't get, get their registration on equal footing with white people, which I always thought was an insult, and I've always said it on the radio too. It's like every black friend that I had, every black person I know finds that to be absolutely insulting. Yet, somehow, it's the Democrats that get the black vote after they get get done insulting black people. It doesn't make any sense. It it just doesn't make any sense. And so, I think the only way you get there is the Democrats um, are conning the American people. you got the mainstream media. And, you know, you look at the mainstream media today and big tech, uh, they really, they really expend some equity on this past uh, election season. Um, so here we are, President's Day. I don't feel like we have a president. I feel like we have a whole bunch of lobbyists and people from these think tanks that are delegating, you know, the cronyism and the cronyism that lends itself to control of their puppet. And they're the puppet masters that control um, control Biden. And it never seems to me like Biden has an authentic moment, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, he looks he reads everything. Every single thing he does is, is a script. He's scripted. He's not s- spontaneous. There's no serendipity. He's really... It's like a machine, right? No, abs- absolutely. But you know who... Like, is he, like he has wires in his head and he's programmed... Like a robot. Exactly. But you know who is still spontaneous? We've got former President Trump, who for some people is, and many people, is still the president, getting, uh, you know, a hero's welcome in Palm Beach. West Palm Beach. Beach. West Palm Beach. So we know a few people down there, like Reba. And 
I'm, I, I haven't talked with Reba in the last couple of days, but I, I imagine she was there and because uh, she lives down there. But um, that that was amazing. It was it was as big of a crowd, if not bigger than the, the crowd, when Trump went down on uh, to Mar-a-Lago on January 20th. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. And Scabino, who's still, you know, an aide to the president of the United, uh, well, President Trump, um, really uh, took some great footage of that and put it out on display. The people love Donald Trump. And this acquittal, this acquittal thing, oh, my God, it, the numbers of approval and love and support for Donald Trump are through the roof. And meanwhile, you still have the Democrats running scared they look angry. Nancy Pelosi can't even contain her, her emotions. She's acting like a fool. And in addition to all of that, uh, you have people like Toomey now who are getting censored by the state of Pennsylvania, the, his voters in Pennsylvania. Now, this is the guy that's going to be retiring in two year in 2022. And I, he has aspirations to run for governor. Toomey has ruined his political career. And as I've said before on this air, I actually was involved with a fundraiser for him. I want to say it was about a decade ago. And the thing is, you know, you now have counties are already censoring him, county, you know, and it's moving towards the state level. So there is momentum gathering against all these people who voted to impeach Trump. And the other piece of news I heard this morning is that Jason Chaffetz has already said that he would consider going against Romney when Romney run, goes for re-election. Well, he should. Yeah, I, I mean, so he could beat Romney. Uh, you know, like like, like I said, we're, we uh, have started an organization. Uh, we got all of our ducks in a row. Everything is pretty well established now. Um, we just have a few um, wrinkles with respect to... Um, some of our donor pages uh, that require we're waiting on banks and stuff like that. Um, but for the we're most moving, part, we're, mo- we're moving forward and um, stay tuned for more information about our virtual events, our live events and more interviews you're going to start hearing yeah. that are all about our agenda. So oh, yeah, we're, we're very gonna excited. Have, we're going to have all kinds of route outreach tools um, related to that. And that's going to be um, with our newsletter, uh, and and we're going to have text alerts and all kinds of sophisticated systems. It's it's really kind of fun uh, to do. And we have assembled a really top quality board. Uh, we've already, uh, you know, uh, pretty much organized the entire board. Um, and you're going to be very impressed. And with nonprofit organizations, the the organization is actually controlled by the board, not any one individual. So we check it out. We're going to be making a lot of um, noise with this thing, and we're going to be talking more about it. But um, where Magapack and Bugle Call are going to come in handy are going to be with uh, with um, Liz Cheney, uh, Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, uh, and uh, Kinzinger. Uh, those are those are the four names that are on our. Sh- our low-hanging fruit shortlist, um, and then Toomey in Pennsylvania. We want we want Parcel Parnell to uh, beat Connor Lamb it, because we feel like he beat him twice, and uh, and then um, John James in Michigan. I think it was was ripped off in Michigan as the Senate. So if we could help him, I don't know what his plans are, but I know that Car- Connor Lamb has no business there. And the other one is Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin runs a state. He's a senator of a state that voted 
for Trump, where Trump won by 40 points. And yet this guy, Joe Manchin, same state, same statewide election, and guess what? Joe Manchin gets voted into office in somewhat of a landslide. I don't even understand how this could be, how you can landslide win, uh, give a landslide victory to Trump and a landslide victory to Manchin, although it's getting tighter and tighter. Um, I don't understand how that could be in the same election in the same state. And it it really is kind of uh, peculiar. I think it was 2018 for him. But he voted to impeach Trump twice. Anybody that's ever voted to impeach Trump is an enemy of mine. So we have a republic with no president, it seems like. It feels like. And my sentiment is not alone. And we really need to... uh, Look at look at uh, what you know these uh, different races. So Toomey's getting censured. Toomey's going to try to run for governor. He's going to be primaried out. We're going to go after him in Pennsylvania. We're going to also try to uh, unseat Connor Lamb, who's betrayed his uh, voters, uh, his constituent base, uh, and so we're going to go for er- everywhere we can, and we're going to. Try to look for candidates that are like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Remember we played her last week? She was so great. And that's exactly the kind of thing that we're looking for. You know, a lot of people in Washington don't like Marjorie Taylor Greene. They took her off of every committee. They treated her like an outsider. Well, guess what? That's exactly what we want. Now, I want to get to some other um, bits uh, bits of issues. One is Kroger. Kroger is now um, going after Mike Lindell, as did Coles, as did Bed Bath and Beyond, and you know they're basically not going to carry the My Pillow, um, which explains perhaps because people can't buy them from the traditional places. Uh, it explains perhaps why it is that we're selling so many pillows because we've been selling the My Pillow for years now, and you've heard Leonora's lovely ad uh, where. There are some complaints where they she says the papa, but I don't know the papa must be must be working. <laughs> but you yeah. know, but you know so. it's but you know it's interesting. I think there's a twofold reason. On one hand, because the, there's less availability in retail stores for my pill. The other is I think people are fired up. They're kind of like, okay, if if Kroger is going to shut down my pillow, I'm I'm going to go buy my pillow somewhere else just to protest Kroger shutting it down and other places shutting it down. Yes, yeah, so, I mean if you go to my pillow.com uh, you just put in the code red state and uh that's the you know that's the number that's the code for um getting up to 66 percent off depending on what you buy but it's le- at least 50 percent off and you help and you help and you help our mission when you buy when you buy pillows oh absolutely so yeah. uh so so there's a lot of things or are, sheets or whatever else they're offering there's a lot of things that are going on that are very interesting okay so let's just wrap this up right now and say on president's day President Donald Trump gets home from the golf links and he's driving home and he's got his street parade, organic, and people just love this rock star. His status has gone sky high. His stock is going way up. And um, because of this acquittal, the Democrats are not serving the people. They're hating Trump. I don't know if the media is covering, perpetuating this because they need the ratings and, and they know that uh, once Trump is removed from the media cycle, uh, it's going to spell doom and gloom and big trouble for them financially. But the equity that they sowed and spent 
is tremendous. It's an absolute tremendous stock of equity that they have squandered. Uh, the big tech, here's what's interesting. You go to Gateway Pundit, right? The Gateway uh, starts with the, the an article, right, Leonore? Yep. An article? Yes, the is um, an article. The <laughs> GatewayPundit.com. And um, when you go there, the stories, first time I've ever seen this, where you got the Facebook share, you get the Gab share, Parler's back, Parler is back. So that's a new one on me too. Parler.com, P-A-R-L-E-R.com. Now, I tried to log into my account and it wouldn't allow me to log in. But the interface looks kind of nice and new and refreshing. So that's kind of a cool thing. Guess what's not on the share list? Twitter. I'm telling you, Jack Dorsey has run Twitter into the ground. That little bird is disappearing. Oh, my gosh. What a, what a travesty. I mean, if I'm a shareholder at Twitter, I am suing the heck out of Jack Dorsey because he single-handedly cost investors. He has a fiduciary duty. He has a fiduciary duty to come through for his investors and shareholders and stockholders. Now, if you want to call in today, our call-in system should be working. It's uh, 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. We'd like to see some new callers if you want to call in. Again, that's number. that number is 215-867-8255 if you want to call. And we are looking for um, callers that have never called in before to call in and uh, – you know, we've heard. I've used to hear that said on the radio a lot. You know, because a lot of um, callers they get really comfortable calling in, and we love that. Um, but uh, we also like to hear from other other callers. We like new voices. Well, it's just you know, it's kind it, of it an bro- interesting. It, it broadens the audience. Yeah. Well, and we have a broad audience too. So, in the last week, we've seen the complete meltdown of. Oh, wait! What's happened here? What's happening in our studio? Happy birthday, Dad! The birthday boy is here. I'm not going to sing on the air. Oh, no. he's got he's got uh, a really good voice. All right. right. <laughs> okay, and and not only that, but the birthday boy is getting birthday calls during our show, and he's going to pick that up. Trust me. This is live radio, folks. This is live radio, and the phone has been ringing off the hook with birthday messages. Yeah. Yep. Um, so and it, that was funny because my dad waltzes into where we're setting up our, our mobile studio. And uh, he told me he was going to be doing that before the show, which I thought was kind of fun. I said, do you want to come on? But he, my dad uh, is a little stage fright. He doesn't love the spotlight so much. But he's very gregarious. And, and he's and got it, a wonderful voice. Yeah. Oh, he's a great voice. So... um in any case, 84 years old. Does that sound like 84 to you? No, it doesn't sound like 84 at all to me. In fact, you know, the first time my mother spoke to him on the phone, her reaction was, he sounds young. Yeah. Well, but, but people also had the same reaction to her, too. So yeah. it's amazing how an energetic person can um, have a very young-sounding voice. <laughs> so, you know, you have Pat Toomey getting censored. You have Liz Cheney getting censored. Mitt Romney's getting censored. Uh, by their their constituents, not by the folks in Washington. That's a whole different, you know, ball of wax right there. But you have that, and then you have Trump's stock rising. 
Uh, and this acquittal is going to all but assure that Trump is the... If Trump wants to run again in 2024, which I I would think that he is, I think uh, he can do whatever he wants right now. And everybody that I have been talking with in Washington, everybody, like Molly Hemi, all these great thinkers... Um, are saying it's Trump's party now. Oh, it this totally is. Trump's is. Party. It totally is. And, you know, right away, uh, the infrastructure was set up. I mean, some Trumpers were, you know, some young staffers set up office space. More people are getting involved. They're continuing their initiatives. Even even Melania Trump is conti- continuing her Be Best program. So everything is just moved to a different location. That's right. That's exactly right. I, I, I also found that interesting uh, when Melania was doing that. Because um, most first ladies, once they're out of office, I'm not saying they don't re- remain passionate about the cause that they were so involved with, but they don't. They perhaps don't do it in the same way. And so she, so she is continuing, and I think that's uh, very, very um, good, and it's more reflective so, of her actual interest and, in the cause. So, and Gateway Pundit took Twitter off of the buttons, so you can't even. Um, well, you have to dig deep. You have to actually. Twitter has been relegated to like a third-rate sharing. Uh, company so their main uh, endorsements in terms of the way they put their share buttons is facebook telegram gab and share which tells me you know a lot of people have really embraced telegram and uh frankly i'm not in love with telegram but i do have four different lo- you know four different accounts well that shows a little bit of love but well, it's going to be funny to see Twitter becoming the, like, click for more options. Like, you don't see it immediately, like you, know you were saying. Else, you, you know what else is um, really uh, crazy? Is is you're starting to see the spotlights switch around. You know, like, if you take a look at what's going on with Como. Como's silent, right? He was in the White House on Friday meeting up with that guy Biden. Yeah. and That guy Biden. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, China Joe, I think is what his nickname is. That and Quip Pro Quo. Quip, Quip Pro Quip, Joe. Quip Pro Joe. Um, you know, a real sellout. In any case, he w- he was hiding from the press. He wouldn't, uh, and he doesn't give out his um, itinerary. Uh, so he's hiding from the press right now. Because even the Democrats in New York have turned on Como. And I think you're starting to see Democrats also turn on Gavin Newsom. So the two biggest people in the country that impacted the popular vote, which I think they did it by design, because that was another uh, insurance plan for them, where they were um, basically trying to uh, get those 15 states that were in in favor of um, their electorates going to the national popular vote. They were trying to wage an argument there. I think California and New York being that they were heavily populated states, wanted to put their extra population to good use. So there's that. Uh, Como and Gavin Newsom are both under a lot of pressure. Gavin Newsom, it was required that they got 1.5 million people. 1.5 million people. And they um, got that number of signatures. To to, to remove him from office. Well, they could uh, go forward with the proceedings for an impeachment. So we'll see what happens there. 
You know but, what this is all about, though? This is all about the hubris of these two men and the way they behaved during uh, the co- the pandemic and the way that they, you know, they were hypocrites. Um, they were shutting everybody else down. They hid data, as we heard in the state of uh, New York with the nursing homes. Yet they also attend. You know, they were also involved in attending uh, their own private events. You know, and, and the people when the people find out about this, they're, they're not happy about the rule. Well, the rules for me, but not for thee. Well, it's, it gets worse because he. The bulk of his fi- uh, campaign finance came from health health systems. Yeah, exactly, and that's who they were out with was he- with health and lobbyists. He, and he signed a an uh, a, a, what do you call it a um, immune immunity clause uh, to protect them from being sued. So you know he did a couple of things that were so obvious. Uh, you know that you know there's motive. And everything that he did was in favor of Big Pharma. And, you know, to this to this point, you know, we've had callers call in, and uh, maybe our call system isn't working, but we'll see. Um, but, you know, we've had callers call in and say, you know, they're, they're really upset about uh, the price and the cost of, you know, these diabetes drugs. These are diabetes drugs that uh, cost an arm and a leg now. They were sixty dollars a a month uh has gone up to now anywhere from three fifty to five hundred dollars a month depending on whether you have a coupon code or yes. not and these are these are not optional drugs these are drugs where if you don't take them you die so talk about having blood on his hands uh quid pro china joe is uh is definitely one of those people that's not looking out for Americans he certainly is putting America last with his open border policies, his climate initiatives, and all of these different things that are just really geared toward redistribution of wealth and jobs and equity. Uh, because he wants to he wants to collapse, he wants to create a dependent class where there wasn't one. And that should never be the business of the republic. That should never be the business of the republic to uh, create a dependent class where there doesn't have to be one. You know, I understand there are people that are born poor in life and don't don't have their stuff together or uh, develop a drug dependency. I, I get that. And these people need help. But there are so many people that can make it on their own if the government just stays out of their way. And that's what this was all about. You know, I saw, um, I saw a Twitter account just yesterday. And it was real simple. It just said, born free. And it was probably the first time in my life I, full, I, I, I understood it in a way that meant, had more meaning to me. That this whole thing about born free, what she was saying when she did that, those two words. Like I always think of the show Born Free from the 70s or Born Free, you know. Born Free just sounds nice. It's a platitude. It's, it's whatever. No, no. You, when, you're, when your freedom is tested, that 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 takes on a whole new meaning and this whole concept of born free is to say that we were born free as free individuals we should not be subjected to tyrannical governments that people in power should never tell you how to live your life how to you know to, to what to wear who to pray to what school you can go to all of these things. You know, we support school choice, freedom of religion, national security, 
you know, we, we rely on the government for infrastructure and national security. Well, that's exactly right. The government is there so that we don't have out-and-out lawlessness, but we can't have the government encroaching in our daily lives. And and as we were, you were just saying, we were big proponents of free speech. We believe in uh, rolling back or modifying the Section 230 of the uh, the the clause the communications uh, of section 230 of the uh, communications and decency act so that we are not protecting as we've been talking about we're not protecting twitter and uh, facebook and google and the other big tech um, giants you know treating them like utilities where they get or they can get away with anything they they're doing with the censorship you know we're we're um, all for rolling that back and making them accountable we're all for um, use your religious freedom where people can behave the way they want. They can worship they w- the way they want without retaliation. And school choice is huge. I mean, r- especially right now in the middle of COVID, school choice becomes even more important than, it's ever, than it has ever been. Parents have a right for their children to be educated, and the money should follow the child. Interestingly, I just got a flash that says president faces urgent questions. Analysis. Biden gets a chance. This is CNN, by the way, that popped up on my iPad, which I never really use. Um, but it says, I, Biden gets a chance to, at tonight's CNN town hall to give clarity to exhausted Americans who want to know, is the COVID nightmare near its end? We're going to talk. Um, we're going to play a clip here. Not just of um, the warriors, but also the people who are bucking the system and bucking the mainstream media and doing things their own way. So we're going to listen to Michael Vanderveen. Remember the attorney we played a clip yesterday? Yes. Um, he was so eloquent and powerful uh, about um, you know pushing back against the CBS journalist. Well, let's take a listen to Vanderveen because he's being under attack. His children are in hiding. Uh, He's got security that he has to pay for now, but he's doing it because it's the right thing to do. It's spray-painted traitor right there on the drive. Um, Yeah, we had a lot more than that. Okay, so we're going to try this one more time. Here we go. Spray-painted traitor right there on the drive. Um, Yeah, we had a lot more than that happen to our home. Tell us us Uh, about it and tell us how you guys are doing with that. Uh, we're, you know, we're doing fine. Um, we, uh, uh, you know, I've um, uh, moved my uh, children to a, a secreted location. Wow. Um, uh, we have hired armed guards to protect uh, um, uh, our places of, uh, of um, living and working. Yeah. And, uh, and we're doing fine. You know, my family understands and my law firm understands that uh, we fight on the side of right. And uh, we take on causes that aren't always popular uh, with anybody. Sure. Um, but that's our obligation to, to really go out and defend the Constitution, defend what's right, and, uh, and, and, and back down wrong whenever we come up against it. Mm. Okay. Michael Vanderveen, uh, impeachment attorney for the president. Sir, thank you so much for taking the time. So that's pretty uh, uh, interesting. You know, they always talk about them being the party of peace and uh you know and and liberty and tolerance <laughs> doesn't sound like it to me and there's still some new footage coming out from the capitol from january 6th that's kind of interesting indicates it paints a different story the whole sicknick thing right yeah. that blew up in their face and you know here's one of the interesting things too uh the 
the paper of record, it's the New York Post, not the yeah. New York Times. You know why? Because the New York Times actually recanted their story finally about Sicknick, and he was not attacked with a fire hydrant attack hit to his head, and that he died of uh, other causes, uh, you know, unrelated, I think, to the attack, maybe aggravated by the stress, but he, he died of an aneurysm that was a health problem he had, you know, ongoing. So it's one of those things where uh, the New York Times withheld their retraction of the story until after the impeachment trial. Tell me that's not, you know, what what is that? That's not journalism, that's for sure. Well, of course it's not journalism, and you're talking about a period of over a month that they held uh, this information and you know, in, in an effort to pr- create more favorable optics, and that's you know, that's what this is. It's just uh, politics. It's not you know, they're not telling the truth. And then when you think about it, th- all these other media organizations accepted what the New York Times said about Sicknick's death, the, the the untruth that they were propagating. All these other organizations, like Wall- the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, all types of uh, television networks, all accepted this as the gospel. And then when they and then when they re- retracted it and changed the statement, corrected the statement, you know, nobody was really covering the correction. They were still focused on the lie. Right. And so, uh, you know, one of the things is uh, we we have to have people that are strong and independent thinkers, right? We have to. You know, you take a look at what's happening at the Lincoln Project, right? Do you really want those kind of clowns running the country? Because that's what's happening. They're they're actually involved in Biden's foreign policy because Biden owes them a debt of gratitude. These pervert pedophiles over at the Lincoln Project uh, that were all connected with McCain and Lindsey Graham at one point. They all endorsed Lindsey Graham and McCain. Um, these are the uh, folks that were running the Lincoln Project. Didn't, that and Kellyanne Conway's husband. Didn't um, Meghan McCain come out recently and say that she didn't want to speak Schmidt. up? But Sh- Schmidt is a guy, he's a pundit on MSNBC, was. Yeah. Um, and she and came out and she said uh, that, uh, you know... Her dad didn't father, like him. Her dad um, didn't w- forbade him from coming to his funeral. And she said, and what was the comment she made uh, that they couldn't get no, no McCain would spit on them in a fire since uh, 2008. Right. But you know what? Tough because her dad hired him as a campaign manager. Right. You know how many and you know how lame that campaign was? Very lame. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, nah, I'm not buying it. McCain uh, is a stain across Maine and beyond but but no, you know but I was trying to do my rhyme. Your rhyme now, rhyme isn't working. The rain in Spain falls mainly, mainly on, on the, the plane. plane. What okay. play? I don't know. My Fair Lady. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the, the McCain was bad for America, in my opinion. No, he I wanna, was. I want to take a listen to uh, Mike DeSantis. Everybody's moving to Florida. They're moving the heck out of New York. I Ron, know that uh, much. Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. <laughs> so you got De Blasio, the mayor of New York. You got Como going down in flames right now. And I don't think Fredo can stop it you know, at CNN because CNN doesn't have any respectability or clout. And so, you know, that's what's happening with Como. I think Como might have to resign at some point. That could very well be. And so, so might um, 
and so might the Gavin Newsom. And when you think about it, then who's left? I mean, you you might have Mark Zuckerberg having to defend himself in court for the shenanigans he pulled with election fraud and all the censorship that's going on there. Google already has a Department of Justice case in play. And Jack Dorsey's more than likely going to be fired by his board because uh, he's already been called up uh, to the board and questioned about his decision-making and how he's hurting their company. Well, I don't know. I think that there's bad days ahead for big tech, and it's only because they were blindly political, and they were the ones trying to tell Americans, you know, to to uh, be civil with their politics. Well, they were the ones that did the most e- egregious attacks with billions of dollars in election fraud monies, uh, in-kind funds, if you will. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and take a listen to, we're going to take a listen to uh, uh, Ron DeSantis here. Florida schools are open for in-person instruction. Every single parent in this state uh, has a right to send their kid to in-person instruction. We have done it the right way. We are not going to turn back. Uh, What the CDC put out 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon, I wonder why they would do it then, uh, was quite frankly a disgrace. It would require, if you actually followed that, closing 90% of schools in the United States. Uh, We have been open. They will remain open. uh, And we are not turning back. We've been open the whole time since August. We had kids doing camps and athletics and all that over the summer. And we've been in person as much as anybody in the country. And yet, we're 34th out of 50 states in D.C. for COVID-19 cases on a per capita basis for children. 33 states have more cases per capita than than Florida uh, for children per capita. And many of those don't have a lot of in-person instruction in school. And so there is no evidence to suggest that school kids should do anything else other than be in school. This has been clear for months and months and months. We followed the data when we worked to get the kids, get the parents the option to send the kids back because we had looked at what happened in Europe, places like Sweden and all these other places. And it does not require another $100 billion. The school reopening plan that makes the most sense, if you want to open schools, open them. Open the door. Let them come in and let them learn. And the only reason that that is not happening across this country, like it is in Florida, like it is in a handful of other states, it's one reason and one reason only. Because the Democratic Party puts the interests of education unions and special interests ahead of the well-being of our children and of our families. These kids have been out of school in parts of this country for almost a year. And if you follow that CDC guidance, they will not go back in this this school year, and they may not even go back in the fall. That is a disgrace. That is not science. That is putting politics ahead of what's right for kids. That is putting politics and special interests ahead of what the evidence and observed experience says. So we're better off as a result of giving parents and kids that opportunity. I can tell you I cannot go out without a parent coming up to me saying how much better it is that their child's able to go to school. 
And so we're not looking back. We're going to continue going forward. Wow. You know, yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's all we are asking for, folks, is a little bit of pragmatism, a little bit of common sense. I mean, doesn't that guy, Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, come across as caring about parents and caring about his constituent base and caring about his vote, you know, the people of that state? Absolutely. And, you know, as we were recently in Florida, we kind of saw how rationally Florida was dealing with COVID. We've been to Florida twice since COVID happened. And, And last summer, things were a little bit more dismal. But more recently, when we were there, you could see that, you know, restaurants and other organizations were practically implementing the social distance measures, but not doing it in a draconian way in which... They can't earn a living. Representative Anthony Sabatini said, I strongly support a travel ban on Democrats coming to Florida. We have to follow the science and protect our state's public health. Um, So, you know, yeah, travel ban from Democrats coming to Florida is not a bad idea, right? You know, what what we don't want is we don't want people to come down from you know, Ocasio-Cortez country, having voted for Ocasio-Cortez, but then can't afford Ocasio-Cortez's madness. And next thing you know, um, it's uh, one of those things where uh, they're turning and flipping uh, the state of Florida. So we have uh, a friend of the show, Jeannie Baum. Jeannie, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Good morning, Scott and Leonora. Um I want to, interesting discussion this morning, thank you very much, but I actually want to go back to yesterday when Jonathan called in about his experience with the um, COVID, and uh, he gave he gave great information, mm-hmm. and because Jonathan regularly built his immune system, he was not, even if he picked up the virus, it just wasn't going to attack him as it would someone who... Um, is not doing anything to build their immune system. So that's a very important point for people to understand because the CDC doesn't really want us to have that information. So, And you, Scott and Leonora, do mention that, and that is wonderful. But I do just want to mention a couple of things. Um, your listeners now um, should know that there, there is the C-U-R-E. <laughs> I mean, they're even admitting that HCQ now, they're admitting that it is extremely benefit, and there is a way for any of us to get a prescription of the HCQ and zithromycin. Simply go to speakwithanmd.com. The instructions are all there. You call up and you get an appoint, get and pay for um, an appointment with a physician who will prescribe for you. So that is very important for anyone who is concerned. And I don't like to tell anyone a process without going through it. So I did go through the process in attempts to stop my husband from standing in line to get the vaccine. I don't get it, but that's what he was going to do. So I got a script and actually have he has not gotten the vaccine because he knows we have the cure in the home. And so that's very important. And the other thing is that the the Nukuhiva that I talk about 
you know, I totally believe there's there's no way if I'm exposed, I may get the virus and just may get, you know, a little bit ill. And then I would just simply drink more Nukuhiva. And in my community, I'm talking about my fellows that share our information. We have no one that's gotten really, really sick. We have people that have picked up the virus, you know, been exposed, and just increased their Nukuhiva. And it's it's so it's really quite amazing because it under it um, affects all body systems so that the body is able to heal and repair itself. Mm. So I just wanted to share that information yeah, and make sure that if people our, our, want uh, HDQ, they can get it. Yeah, and also if you scroll down. Uh, along the right column, your ad is a little lower right now because we had a couple of other things we had to put up there. But um, you, we still have your ad uh, up there. It says, optimize your health and feel the benefit of world-class, all-natural superfood products. So, yeah, definitely check out that. And there's a link to your sites there. So that's great. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. And uh, may I compliment the new look of the site with the beautiful picture of Reva Live right there in front of the flag. <laughs> it's it's just really, it really looks great. RedStateTalkRadio.com. Yeah, and by the looks way, just great. if you're checking out sites, we just, developed, we just finished um, a lion's share of the development, but we still have a lot of work to do. Um, for Magapack.org and BugleCall.org. Uh, there's still a lot of components okay. that we have to add into that site, but I think you'll find the the site the sites that we've been working on to be aesthetically pleasing. So we're, we're like parlor.com. We're 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 building. We're building back. Yes. We're building back up. I'm not going to ever say building back better. I'm going to. Oh, I just did. But I'm you know <laughs> building back up. Um, but yeah, definitely. So we have a fight ahead of us, and we're ready, and we're gearing up for that fight. 2022 is going to be epic. I'm hearing, uh, Jeannie, by the way, before I let you go, I'm hearing that there's uh, going to be a civil war within the Republican Party, and I I guarantee you that's the case. But you know what? It's, it's going yeah. to be a no contest because with the Trump rallies, and um, there's going to be at least 20% of the Democrats that are going to fall in love with the Trump wing of the G GOP. And this is going to lend itself to a battle royale uh, between the rhinos and the, the Trump patriots. And we're on the side of the Trump patriots, and that's just the, the way it is, right? And so Donna McDaniel is not going to know what hit her. And I say that, um, that these Trump patriots rise their way up to the top within the GOP and take over that leadership because that leadership has failed America, failed conservatives and failed the Tea Party. They were never there when these true patriots would rise up and fight for the Tea Party. They just looked at the Tea Party as ah, those little, you know, um, grassroots people over there. They never took anybody seriously and they always gave mm -hmm. too much credence to people like Mitt Romney and Pat Toomey and. Jeff Flake and Bob Corker and all these different rhinos that, you know, are really now gone. And we're, we're going to get rid of every last one of them. And this fight begins today, and 2022 is going to be epic. Amen. Yeah. Thank all you. Right. Yes. Take care. Can't wait. All right. Thank you. All right. And yep. uh, let's see. So um, 
Yeah, there's a lot more that I wanted to get through here too today. And um, let's see. Uh, well, we had this story that, uh, where Marjorie Taylor Greene tweets this out. She says, the big guy's relationship with China is a national security threat. That's exactly why Joe Biden must be impeached. He's fully compromised by the communist Chinese. And if re- it re- if it remains in the Oval Office, they will eat our lunch. And, you know, it was kind of weird because Joe Biden said, uh, here's how we you know, stop China from eating our lunch. But during the camp- campaign when he w- came out of his basement once, um, he said, China's going to eat our lunch? Come on, man. Remember that? Well, you know, China's not eating our lunch. He's just giving them a sandwich. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, he's literally yeah. handing them lunch. Yeah, they're full, actually. They're like, no, no more. I can't eat anymore. You're, yeah. you're giving us way too much. Here's your doggy bag. No, it's so seri- seriously. Half of Texas wind turbines are frozen in winter storm, limiting state's power output. Trump was right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's it, well, which makes oh. it you know very hard to try to you know make solar panels and everything when everything's frozen. Steve, Steve Cortez writes on the pre- on this President's Day, and of course that was yesterday. Consider incredible past week uh, for the American First movement. Impeachment crumbles. Lincoln Project implodes. Newsom recalls. Charlottesville lie exposed. Now, that, one, that story I don't know that too much about. Uh, and then Como revealed, uh, revealed or indicted. Stay focused and keep working deplorables. We're the deplorables. We're, the, we're the adorable deplorables, as they used to say. So Steve Cortez also. I love Steve Cortez. Yeah, we had uh, him on the show a few yeah. years ago. We should probably have him on again. Yeah, the science is clear. Kids should be living normal lives, school, sports, and play. And Matt Walsh says the CDC admits that the flu pa- poses a higher risk to children than COVID. Yet we never force kids to wear masks during flu season or put them behind glass barriers or shut down schools for months. The disparity is indefensible. We do we do less we do less for the disease that is deadlier to kids. So true, right? And that's where the hypocrisy and that's where the questions remain. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com, scottadamshow.com and check out our podcast. We're going to be posting today's podcast up here shortly. And uh, with that, my name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonore Cravetta. Happy Mardi Gras. Yeah, happy Mardi Gras and happy birthday, Dad. And uh, it's Fat Tuesday uh, and the lady's still not singing yet, right? And and then we got Fat Tuesday, Ash Wednesday tomorrow, right? Yeah. So, so many things going on. But we'll see you next time on the radio. Thank you all for listening to The Scott Adams Show. Down in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C. But close enough now to see this mess Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to their neck